0: hi everyone good morning thank you for joining us today this week we had the honor to hear from dr steve pinto dr pinto is a distinguished minister educator and pastoral leader currently he is serving as the dean of students here at cbcs his message this morning is called tune in thank you for listening hope you enjoy Hey guys, good morning. With the time that I have here this morning, what the Lord has placed in my heart is to share with you about tuning our minds and our hearts to the voice of God, especially in your generation where there is a battle for your attention. Do you know that? There's a battle for your attention right now. And what I want to encourage you with is some words that can help us tune our minds, our hearts in our lives to the voice of God when there's a battle for your attention. You know, even as you sit here right now, there's hundreds of voices that are coming, that are, that are flowing through this place. They're called radio waves or radio frequencies. And even if we would sit here and be super quiet, we still couldn't hear them unless we had a radio and we could tune to some certain frequency and then we would be able to hear whatever is going on through that radio station or whatever very similarly that's how your phones work if you're not connected to data or to Wi-Fi you can't stream you can't watch you can't listen and I think that in a very similar way we have to tune our hearts and our lives to the voice of God because there's hundreds of voices that are fighting for your attention and young people can I tell you this God is calling and God is speaking In fact, if you're a Christian right now, you identify as a Christian, you already answered God's call to salvation. God calls every human being to salvation. And if you're a Christian, you've already answered that call. But you know what? Sometimes God not only calls you to salvation, but He also calls you to sanctification. You know what that is? Sanctification is the process of becoming the men and women that God has called us to be. It means that we're set apart and that we are holy. So God's call is both a moment and a process. It's a decision and a process. Yeah, we become Christians, we answer the call, but then we live according to that call. It's both a moment and a process. You're called to salvation. You're called to sanctification. But can I tell you this? God also calls you into seasons. You know, He calls you into difficult seasons. You know, the Holy Spirit called Jesus into the desert. And as I read in Scripture, sometimes God's going to lead you and call you into difficult circumstances. We call them trials or tribulations or tests. And some of you may be going through a difficult circumstance right now. God has called you there. And you're going to be better because of it if you tune your heart to the voice of God. God calls you to salvation. He calls you to sanctification. He calls you to seasons. But look, God also calls you to specifics. Look, I believe that each and one of us has a specific assignment given by God for this generation. You know, one life verse for me is found in Acts 13, 36, where it says this, For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, then he could fall asleep and be uh, buried with his ancestors. And can I tell you this? God has a specific purpose and assignment for each and one of you. And the most important thing, Your most important task in life should be to answer that call to a specific assignment that God has given you. Now, honestly speaking, if I'm honest, it's difficult to talk about tuning our hearts to the voice of God because everything that we hear today is pointed to ourselves. And we think that we are the most important thing and we're self-absorbed as a culture. In fact, if you were in uh, junior high last week, I shared with you that today people want to be the goat, but nobody wants to follow the lamb. Everybody wants to be the greatest of all time, and in the process, they make themselves the most important thing, and they sometimes, uh, in trying and striving to be the goat, they step over people, they forget all about the call of God in their lives, But I want to encourage you to follow the Lamb of God. You know who that is? What's his name? Come on, say it out loud. What's his name? And so sometimes being the goat is diametrically opposed to what God is calling us to do. God's calling us to follow Jesus. And as we do that, we can answer the call of God in in our lives. You know, uh, uh, I think that the life of Samuel can help us learn how to turn tune our lives to the voice of God. Let me give you just some four quick principles that can help us to tune our lives and our hearts to the voice of God. You're familiar with this story, the story of that young boy Samuel in the Old Testament His mama prayed for him. The Lord did a miracle. And then she said, if you give me a baby, Lord, I'll dedicate him. And she followed through in her promise. And then she actually went when he was about four years old, took him to the tabernacle there in the city of Shiloh under a leader named Eli and dedicated him to the Lord. You remember this story in Sunday school, perhaps? And so this Samuel, this little kid is sent to the tabernacle and he becomes this great leader in Israel, a man of God. And it was because he learned at a very young age how to hear God's voice. And this is what I see in his life. Number one, I see that he walked through the servant's entrance. He walked through the servant's entrance. As I begin to read about his life, in 1 Samuel 2, 11, he says, But the boy ministered. Everybody say ministered. He ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. You know, that word minister is just a religious word, a theological term that means service. And that means that as young as he was, if he was four years old, he was already serving, doing little things here and there in the tabernacle. And that brought him very near to where God was. He, the boy ministered. If we go down to First Samuel 2.18, it says, but Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. As small as he was, he was wearing this priestly garment, we call it an ephod, that had clasps on the shoulders and then like a breastplate over his chest. And he was very symbolic because priests and those who ministered were people who were supposed to carry the burden for the people and they were supposed to love the people. That's That's why they wore this garment. And you know, as you serve, if you become a person that thinks beyond yourself, and you serve others, and you minister to others, the Lord begins to put a burden for other people other than yourself. And you begin to learn how to love other people as Christ loved people. If you continue to read, you see in verse 21, meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. I love this. Because it means that he grew in his relationship with God. He became more acquainted with who God was. And he prayed to him. And he, was, he became acquainted with the presence of God in his life. As young as he was, because he was serving, because he was there, he had access to where the presence of God was there in the tabernacle. And I love this fact because uh, it says, as you've seen in the verses I've read, it says, but Samuel. But Samuel. Right here it says, meanwhile, Samuel. You know, the writer is giving us a contrast between Samuel and Eli's sons. Because Eli's sons had funny names, Hophni and Phinehas. It almost sounds like a TV show. But the Bible tells us that these dudes were supposed to be the next leaders of Israel, but they were playing around. The Bible says that they would steal from the offering and sleep around with the girls at the tabernacle. What? Yes, it was a sexual scandal back in those days. These religious leaders who were supposed to be leading Israel, they're playing around. But God is raising a new guy. His name is Samuel. That's why he says, meanwhile, the boy grew in the presence of God while these other dudes, Hophni and Phinehas, were playing around. And they had access to the voice of God too. But he was growing up in the presence of God. Ultimately, he goes on to say in 1 Samuel 2.26 that the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. I love this, because that's exactly what Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, when he's telling us about the life of Jesus, he utilizes that verse to explain how Jesus grew congruently in every area of his life. As he matured from a boy into a teenager, he was growing not only physically, but he was growing spiritually, and then he tells us here that Samuel was doing the same thing. He was growing like Jesus grew, and that's my prayer for you, that you would be that type of person that grows like Jesus. He, Samuel, walked through the servant's entrance 2nd can, can you please understand this idea that culture tends to suppress the voice of God in our lives? Culture does this. It did it back then, and it's doing it now. Look, for a fifth time, there's a contrast found in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, and it says, The voice Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Everybody say rare. rare. And there were not many visions. Say Visions. Look, that was the context, the cultural context of that time. The word of God, the uh, unadulterated, pure gospel message of God was rare in those days. And there was not many vision for people to follow what God wanted to do with Israel. But it said that the the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord even when the word of God was rare. In fact... Uh, this happened around the time of the judges in the Bible. In Judges 2.10 it says this, After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what He had done for them. There's a description of the culture right there. Nobody knew about the Lord. Nobody knew what the Lord had done for them. Further ahead in Judges 21.25 it says, In those days Israel had no king, and everyone did as they saw fit. This is what you call a subjective morality, where everybody did whatever they wanted to do. But right here we see that God was raising up a young person that was tuned to the voice of God to answer, to to be an answer of leadership in a time of darkness. Look, here's the third principle as I begin to close. It says, uh, not, uh, first of all. Uh, Samuel walked through the servant's entrance. Culture tends to suppress the voice of God. But then can I say this to you? God has not lost his voice. He goes on to say in 1 Samuel 3, verses 2 to 3, he says, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual space. But the lamp of God had not gone out yet. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Look, in our culture, it's dark. It's difficult. It's hard. And it seems as if perhaps God is being pushed to the outskirts. But can I tell you, the light is still on. And because the light is still on, God's still at work. And he still calls young men and women just like you who are willing to answer the call of God in their lives. Now you know the rest of the story. As, as Samuel stays there until he's 13, 14 years old, the Lord specifically, specifically calls him and he says, Samuel, I'm calling you. And he calls him one time, two times, three times, four times, until he finally gets it. All right, God, my life is willing uh, and surrendered to whatever you want to do in my life. And that's my prayer for you, uh, eagles, that we would be men and women who answer the call of Christ, not the call of culture. And that we will become the men and women that God has called us to be. How many guys say amen? amen. You guys with me? How many say amen? amen? Amen. Would you please stand? I want to pray for you. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for these young men and women, Lord, living in these complex and difficult times in this culture in which we live in. I'm praying, Lord, that this would be a generation that would tune their hearts and their lives To the voice of god and that they would hear your voice and answer your call and that they would become men and women leaders in this culture that would lead people to christ lord i thank you for each one of them continue to bless them lord we thank you in jesus name and everyone says amen and amen this episode has been a production of the capistrano valley christian schools podcast network Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian J.K. through 12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cbcs.org on behalf of the whole network this is mr jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more